this fancy schmancy pick your color pen that don't work here today. All right, let's um, let's go ahead and open up in a word of prayer. Uh, Mr. Reader, would you open us up in a word of prayer? <clears throat> Thank you, Father, for the opportunity to be here tonight again, and just pray that you'd uh, help us as we look into your word, help us to uh, understand uh, truth from your word that we need in our lives today, and uh, help John as he leads in this, we ask in Jesus' name. Alright, so we are on Lesson 11, Moses and His Siblings, um, talking about cultivating family relationships, and kind of, um, when I was looking through this uh, this afternoon, kind of the thoughts and parallels I was having reading through this is just our church family. Now, kind of like um, something, you know, talking about Moses, something that he didn't really have, so to speak, uh, there is a, a church family and their dispensation. But it's something that we, we kind of have, and it's just kind of like had, there's some parallels there uh, with this lesson with our church family uh, as well. So be thinking about um, that. So lesson uh, 10 Anybody remember what lesson 10 was? The golden calf. Ooh, they're good. Ah, gotcha. Ellen, yeah, we've been learning about uh, the other things with the Sunday school, about the candlestick, and whenever I think about the tabernacle and all that, I, I think about those other things too, and the, all the gold stuff. Then gold was almost a commodity back then. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so we're on Lesson 11, Cultivating Family Relationships. If you have your Bibles and would like to read some, turn to Exodus chapter 4, verses 27 through 31, and we'll go uh, take turns and read through that. Um, so while you're turning there, we will I'll go ahead and read the introduction. Sometimes the deepest hurts are caused by those within our family. This is true within the family of God as well. We have noted how the Israelites repeatedly disappointed Moses through complaining or through outright rebellion. In this lesson, we will examine the relationship Moses had with his older brother, Aaron, and older sister, Miriam. There were times when they were great blessings to Moses. Yet, as in most families, there were times when they had caused him some real problems, too. Moses' siblings stood at his side his entire life. Yet, despite their close family ties, Aaron and Miriam made choices in the context of the family relationship that would bring about unforeseen consequences on themselves and others. So, do I have some volunteers for Exodus 4.27? i got Andy. Uh, Mr. Reader there, uh, and Dad. All right, Dad, you want to go ahead and start off, and then we'll just read one verse and just keep on rotating through. Uh, starting at Exodus chapter 4, verse 27, and then we'll read through verse 31. And the Lord said unto Aaron, Go into the wilderness to meet Moses. And he went and met him in the mount of God and kissed him. 
And Moses told Aaron all the words of the Lord who had sent him, and all the signs which he had commanded him. Moses and Aaron went and gathered together all the elders of the children of Israel. And Aaron spake all the words which the Lord had spoken unto Moses, and did the signs in the sight of the people. And the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the children of Israel, and that he had looked upon their affliction, then they bowed their heads and worshipped. Alright. So, that kind of, uh, that verse talked about Aaron and uh, Moses there being, being a team there. But first off, uh, point number one, Moses and... Miriam, these are going to be kind of easy to the last point, so they kind of give it all away there. Moses and Miriam. Uh, Miriam was Moses' older sister, of course. God spoke through her in the past as she helped to lead the women and children out of, the, out of Egypt. And he used her, even from a young age, to be a special blessing and help to Moses. And one thing I thought about Miriam, and we'll see a little later here, is, um, uh, you know, there is a, uh, there's a place for lady leaders, um, and you'll see here how it's kind of interesting how in the Bible it's talked about her leading the ladies in uh, some songs of praise and stuff. So, it's, um, you know, sometimes, you know, and ladies should be um, under authority of the man and all that too. But there is a place for women in leadership in some certain areas. Um, and especially when us men don't do our job. Um, but also under that, there, there are some spots there where we need some ladies to uh, step up. So sub-point A, Miriam what? So once you get this one, the other ones will be easier. has something she did uh, her relationship with Moses she yeah supported cookies in yes supported yep Miriam supported Miriam's life was intertwined with Moses's from the start. She saw God work in and through his life. Therefore, she was aware of God's special hand on him. She almost always showed a great deal of respect to Moses, even though she was several years younger. Um, if somebody could turn to Exodus 2, verses 1 through 8. Andy? And there was a man of the house of Levi, and took the wife and daughter of Levi, and the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes, and daubed it with slime and with pitch, 
and put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. And the sister stood afar off to wit what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maiden walked along by the river's side, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the babe wept, and she had compassion on him, and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. And said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. All right, so we see here in this verse a couple of things uh, in these verses um, in this scenario in the Bible. Um, first, uh, Miriam watched over Moses by the river. Um, you'll see that in verses 1 through 4 there. Um, as a three-month-old baby, he was put into an ark of bulrushes and entrusted to the care of God. But as that little ark floated out into the Nile River, his sister Miriam was there keeping a watch over him. Um, makes me think of a, uh, a lot of older sisters I know of. It is a blessing to observe genuine concern about the welfare of others. Oftentimes, what is most needed by family is to simply know that you care. David related in Psalms 14, or 142, verse 4, I looked on my right hand and beheld, but there is no man that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. So, so Miriam watched over Moses by the river, but also Miriam interceded with Pharaoh's daughter. After Pharaoh's daughter had sent her maid to retrieve Moses from the river, Miriam went to her and offered to find a nurse for him. This shows that Miriam was both courageous and caring. She knew her brother was safe, yet she was not content. She boldly cooperated in God's ultimate plan for his life. Of course, she had the perfect nurse in mind. And can you imagine the joy in Jochebed's heart when she found out that she was going to be able to care for her own son in whom she had cast fully on the Lord? What a beautiful illustration of asking and receiving. I was thinking of that. Um, that probably was a pretty brave thing to do back then, to approach as a um, Hebrew being slaves, approaching Pharaoh's daughter. Um, that, was, that, was, that was pretty brave. So that's pretty neat. So not only did Miriam watch over Moses and intercede uh, with Pharaoh's daughter, Miriam also rejoiced after God's deliverance at the Red Sea. Um, this is later in Exodus 15, 20 through 21. Um, after the Egyptian army was drowned in the Red Sea, Miriam led all the Israelite women in singing and giving glory to the Lord for what he had done. So we'll see Exodus 15, 20 through 21. And it says, And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. Similarly, Christians should uh, joyfully lead and involve others in giving praise to God. Often at the close of his epistles, Paul would take time to remember and greet certain people who were special to him because they had supported him in various ways. Here is one such passage in Romans chapter 16, verses 1 through 9. Could I have a volunteer for that one? Um, Dad, if you would go ahead and 
go there. Uh, Romans chapter 16, verses 1 through 9. I also have another one, Numbers 12, 1 through 5, if you would get that one uh, coming up here in a minute. So Romans chapter 16, verses 1 through 9. I commend you, Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Centra, that you receive her in the Lord as become a saint's, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of. For she hath been a succorer of many, and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who gave for my life, laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-beloved Epaetus, who is the firstfruits of Achaia unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Salute Adrianonicus and Junia, my kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, who are of note among the apostles, who also were in Christ before me. Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and Stachys, my beloved. Now you know why I have the help that one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dad. Um, so you see, you see here that Paul mentioned these people because of their help to his ministry and their service to the Lord. Miriam demonstrated the same spirit of helpfulness in service. And these stories previously mentioned, we find uh, in her a tremendous example of support and care. We see a sibling whose life made a difference for good right all right sub point B so Miriam uh, she supported now Miriam also coming up. While Miriam was a great support to her brother, there was a time when she opposed him. Numbers chapter 12, verses 1 through 5. <clears throat> and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. For he had married an Ethiopian woman. And they said, Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Hath he not spoken also by us? And the Lord heard it. Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses, and unto Aaron, and unto Miriam, Come out, ye three, unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of cloud, and stood in the door of the tabernacle, and called Aaron and Miriam, and they both came forth. So we see here that Moses married an Ethiopian woman. Miriam felt this was wrong. Um, she judged Moses and spoke out against him. God's word does not give us all the details of the situation, but we do know that it was not Miriam's place. Um, 
do know that it was not Miriam's place to condemn the man of God. Moses was God's chosen leader, and God would be there, uh, would be the one to judge Moses. And it's just, yeah, a concerned big sister. Um, yeah, pretty funny. Uh, speaking her mind out sometimes. But yes, I thought that was kind of a interesting uh, verse uh, story there. God showed how seriously he took this criticism, though, um, when he struck Miriam with leprosy. During that time in Israelite history, uh, as we know, the curse of leprosy meant a life of great misery and agonizing progression towards death. There was no cure. It was a horrible disease that made the victim unclean and necessitated banishment from human society. In this action, God made it very clear that he would not tolerate disloyalty or verbal criticism of the man he had chosen to lead. If you find yourself having preferential difference with a spiritual leader, sometimes it's okay to be quiet and just give it to God. In matters like the color of the carpet or type of pews or lack of pews and uh, chairs, um, It is, it is good sometimes to just not be the one always in opposition. God not only judged Miriam, but he also slowed the progress of the Israelites who had to remain stationary for seven days while Miriam was outside the camp. Once again, we are reminded that sin often affects more than the individual who committed it. And uh, on the my father-in-law's basketball team, that's what he's working on is... And actually, they're doing pretty good. They learned some things pretty quick. Uh, when somebody mouths off or is not listening, everybody runs laps or does uh, dreaded suicides or wall sits. So, yeah, same thing here. That's how, how sin is generally doesn't affect just you. Actually, probably never affects just you. Always affects others around you as well. Uh, this was true in the life of um, some people like Achan and David and so many others. The bad decisions we make will inevitably affect our families. Our sin will have repercussions of which we may never be aware. You may not see it affect somebody else, but it, it surely does. Um, perhaps we are on the receiving side of criticism rather than on the giving when we face criticism, we can know that Christ understands, even as actions were questioned by others. In some people's eyes, the Lord could do nothing right. The Pharisees were mortified that he ate with publicans and sinners. He healed on the Sabbath day, and he disrupted the business of the money changers at the temple. Even as he was suffering on the cross, people mocked him. If he were really the son of God, why would God abandon him? So they declared, he saved others, himself he cannot save. We find comfort in the fact that Jesus knows how we feel and gives us strength to go on in spite of the criticism we experience. All right, point number two. Point number one and two go pretty quick. Point number three is a little bit lengthy. So just a little FYI to hang on tight. Moses and... Aaron, too easy.
Moses and Aaron. The second sibling mentioned was Moses' brother Aaron. Older than Moses by three years and younger than Miriam, Aaron was more prominent than Miriam, for God had chosen him to be the high priest and to oversee the worship of the children of Israel. Exodus 20, 28, verse 1. Uh, and there's some other verses following that. Uh, he was in full-time ministry, but that did not stop Satan from persuading Aaron to speak against Moses as well. Subpoint A, Aaron supported. supported. The next one's tough. Not really. Oh, yeah, you guys see the general a little better. Aaron supported. Aaron's name is listed in connection with Moses through much of Exodus and Numbers. God charged him with the responsibility of being a help to his brother. Exodus chapter 4, verses 13 through 16 says, And he said, O my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who wilt thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses, and he said, Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when thou seest, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him, and put words in his mouth, and I will be uh, with thy mouth and with his mouth, and I will teach you what ye shall do. And he shall be thy spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be to thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of God. And Exodus chapter 5, 1 through 3 says, And afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. And Pharaoh said, Who is the, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I know not the Lord, neither will I let Israel go. And they said, The God of the Hebrews hath met with us. Let us go, we pray thee, three days' journey into the desert and sacrifice unto the Lord our God, lest he fall upon us with pestilence uh, or with the sword. One character lesson that athletes have to learn is teamwork. In NBA history, Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar made up one of the greatest dynamic duos. These Lakers worked together winning five NBA championships in the 80s. As Christians, we need to learn the importance of teamwork. Even the world knows that much more can be accomplished when we work together. Just like these biblical teams, we should edify each other and work together to bring glory to the Lord. Moses responded to God's call at the burning bush with excuse after excuse. He was a nobody. No one would believe him or listen to him. He was slow of speech. He finally just told God to send somebody else. He did not feel capable of standing before the mighty Pharaoh. God was angered, but knowing that Aaron could speak well, he sent him to go with Moses before Pharaoh. Aaron faithfully stood with Moses before Pharaoh. Time after time, they entered Pharaoh's court to repeat God's command to let his people go, and they saw the power of God displayed repeatedly in the miracles and in the plagues. Together they stood for God, and together they saw him work. And 
illustration here. Goes along with the illustration on your paper. Northern California is known for the giant sequoias. These trees can reach a height of almost 300 feet tall and uh, in diameters of over 30 feet. That's, let's see, how wide is this? This is like a 20, is this, let's see, is this 20 by 40 building? 24, so it's a little wider. There's some trees with diameters that are a little wider than this way of the building. Pretty big trees. Uh, and if you ever guys get down there, it's, yeah, it's crazy to think about. It's kind of like the Grand Canyon. It's almost so massive, it almost looks fake. <laughs> but you know, it's pretty amazing. Although these massive trees are known for their size, most people don't know, something I didn't know, uh, that they actually have fairly shallow root systems, reaching just below the surface. Most trees need to deep roots in order to grow strong and tall. I think um, there's a certain kind of palm tree. I think it grows as, as deep, as tall as it is, it grows that deep. Um, but these trees are not like that. Um, but the sequoias are quite different. These trees only grow in what are called groves. These groves have a very unique system to allow them to grow as much as they do. Beneath the surface, the roots of each tree actually twist around, uh, twist around each other. Above the surface, the limbs interweave. Both of these qualities allow the trees to support each other so that when the wind blows and the storms come, the trees are still able to stand. I thought that was really interesting how those roots just intertwine and stuff. California can get some pretty nasty storms. In Exodus chapter 28, verse 1, And take thou unto thee Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Even Aaron, Nadab, Abihu, Eliezer, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. Not only did Aaron stand with Moses, but he was chosen by God to stand before him for the children of Israel. God selected Aaron and his sons to represent the people before God. They were privileged to be a priestly class who would perform the sacrifices and annually go into the Holy of Holies and the place the blood on the Ark of the Covenant in that tabernacle we were talking about. It was a high and holy calling, and Moses was no doubt gratified to have his own older brother placed in this position. Uh, many times in the Bible, we see the result of two or three people standing together for right, finding strength and victory in that unity. In this lesson, we are also uh, we are considering Moses and Aaron. Consider also other examples. Can anybody else think of some examples of some dynamic duos or trios in the Bible? You got Paul and Silas. You got yeah the disciples. Um, Paul and Barnabas it has here. You got Peter and John. Uh, how about some Old Testament? Jonathan and David. Oh yeah, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You got Daniel in there as well. Um, Got Elijah and Elisha. 
uh, for a little bit. The Hezekiah. Oh, what is it? Yep, you got all the, the mighty men. Um, with David. You have Esther and Mordecai. Mordecai. There's all, all sorts of, um, just see groups of people that are tight together in the Bible uh, going after cause and um, that's pretty neat. Uh, and I think of, uh, there was another one in there that I thought was kind of interesting. Um, oh, and I forgot his name. Uh, Deborah and uh, Barak. Or, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of another interesting uh, duo that if, if one of the been some things would never have happened if they weren't if well Barak or Barak didn't have Deborah there. Uh, you also have Ruth and Naomi. All yeah, there's just a, a bunch. We spend probably all night uh, naming them. Um, so yeah, just consider those. All right, subpoint B. So this is a tough one. Oppose. Yeah, that was hard. Aaron also opposed. Sadly, Aaron experienced two important life events in which he could have stood for God and for Moses, but he allowed peer pressure to take him on the path of wrong choices. And it kind of goes to show even a man of God can succumb to peer pressure, especially um, you look at some of these uh, some churches and stuff, and there's a man of God like you can really even admire and you know their heart and stuff you see the like which way their church is starting to lean and you just wonder it's just peer pressure the church moving what the the pastor is uh, knows he should be standing on but just the congregation is moving them uh, we see the golden calf uh, illustration as we already learned in the last lesson, Aaron gave into the pressure of the people rebelling against both Moses and God. It was here that he actually led them into idolatry. Actually made a, uh, a graven image uh, for them to worship and said, "This is let this be your God that delivered you um, out of Egypt. Crazy, crazy to think about that. Um, he also, too, was with uh, Miriam in opposing Moses with the Ethiopian woman. Aaron followed the lead of his sister, Miriam, and also spoke up against his brother Moses. Uh, doesn't say if he had any consequences with that, um, but at very least he saw his uh, older sister go through the leprosy, and I'm sure that was, um, at very least, very rough just having to watch that. It is amazing to think what Aaron spoke against the very man who begged God to spare his life after the incident of the golden calf. May we not speak against spiritual pastors, Sunday school teachers, and other godly leaders who go before God on our behalf. It is highly prob probable that if Aaron had taken time to think about Moses' intercessory prayers and his faithful leadership, he would have not joined in with Miriam's criticisms. Consider the following scriptures that teach us to love and serve God in response to what He has done for us, rather to oppose and question Him. 1 Samuel 12, 24. 
Only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. Romans 12:1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Just your reasonable service. Romans 2, 4. Or despisest thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that it is the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance? Psalms 116, 12 through 14. What shall I render unto the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows unto the Lord, now in the presence of all his people. And Titus 3, 3 through 8. For we ourselves also were sometimes foolish, disobedient, deceived, uh, serving divers' lusts and pleasures, living in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. But after that, the kindness of the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us, by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is the faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which hath believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. 1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. Whenever we're, we feel that uh, human reasoning, deep down thing of wanting to criticize, especially uh, somebody the Lord has put an authority on us, we think back, we kind of just think back what they have done um, for us and where their hearts are at, and it probably will help us out a lot being less critical. Uh, especially when we start looking at things that are going on in our lives and we are, start to question the Lord's decisions in our lives, see what he has done for us. Um, uh, it will humble us to that uh, place that we need to be in. All right, so this here comes the tough ones. Yes. Moses and... I actually had to look this word up because went. I've heard it before, but <laughs> actually, what it means? Bereavement. Bereavement. Has to do with the lack of bereavement. Moses and bereavement. Yeah, the lack of different things. It is fascinating to study how Moses handled the disloyalty of Miriam and Aaron. I did think that was interesting. That choice of 
words. It doesn't even follow a, a B pattern or anything. But anyway, what the author chose. Uh, Moses, who God calls the meekest man on earth, was truly long-suffering. Uh, Numbers 12, verse 3 says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all men which were upon the face of the earth. God calls us to follow his example in demonstrating the same type of meekness and long-suffering towards others. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Ephesians 4.32, And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. All right, so sub-point A. This is a country word. Like hillbilly. Kind of another word for thought, maybe? Thinking? No. Think a hillbilly. Reckon. Moses reckoned. I reckon. Moses reckoned. In Numbers 20, we read of the passing of both Miriam and Aaron. Just after the death of Miriam came the incident at Meribah, where the people cried out for water and once again derided Moses for taking them out of Egypt. God was getting ready to do another miracle, directing Moses and Aaron to speak to the rock so that abundant water would come forth. <clears throat> But Moses allowed himself to become exasperated and struck the rock instead, proclaiming the people to be rebels and himself the benefactor. The water came abundantly anyway, but God immediately pronounced judgment on both Moses and Aaron. Soon after, God told Moses to take Aaron and his son Eliezer to the top of Mount Hor. There, the garments and priestly office were given to Eliezer and Aaron was taken in death. Uh, if I could have somebody turn to Numbers chapter 20, verses 20, Dad, 20 through, 23 through 29. Um, so I'm going to go to, I'm going to read Numbers chapter 20, verse 1. It says, Then came the children of Israel, even the whole congregation, to the desert of Zin, in the first month, and the people abode in Kadesh, and Miriam died there and was buried there. Numbers chapter 20, verse 12 says, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believe me not to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel, therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. In Numbers chapter 20, verses 23 through 29. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in Mount Hor by the coast of the land of Edom, saying, Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, for he shall not enter into the land which I have given unto the children of Israel, because ye rebelled against my word at the water of Meribah. Take Aaron and Eleazar, his son, and bring them up unto Mount Hor, 
and strip Aaron of his garments, and put them upon Eleazar his son. And Aaron shall be gathered unto his people, and shall die there. And Moses did as the Lord commanded. And they went up into the Mount Hor in the sight of all the congregation. And Moses stripped Aaron of his garments, and put them upon Eleazar his son. And there Aaron died there in the top of the mount. And Moses and Eleazar came down from the mount. And when all the congregation saw that Aaron was dead, they mourned for Aaron thirty days, even all the house of Israel. So with sin comes judgment. As Miriam was struck with leprosy as a result of a rebellion, Aaron had to forfeit his opportunity to enter the promised land. Even though it must have been very difficult for Moses, he followed through with God's command regarding Aaron. In Deuteronomy, uh, Moses said that the people would be wise to consider the consequences of an action. Deuteronomy 32, verse 29, that says, Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. Um, well, has a little note here, and it's something I always wondered. Uh, you know, if more people would consider the end of some of the things they do, um, as examples here, a lot of different things, but of uh, like smoking and you know what follows that, cancer and uh, drinking uh, and drugs. It's like how do these people not? Maybe they just don't consider the end of what's going to happen because you never see a, in the end, a happy alcoholic uh, or a happy drug addict, you know, but they just, maybe that's what it is. They just don't consider that part of it. They just look at the here and now. Um, but much more than that for us, we consider what we do in the end of what we do, uh, especially raising children and some of the, those things. Some things are easy uh, to do or not do that we know we should do, um, but in the end, what are those consequences? We do know Miriam and Aaron's last words, but we do not have the final saying of some others recorded in God's word. Uh, we do not know Miriam and Aaron's last words, but we do have the final sayings of some others recorded in God's word. Jacob remembered those who went before him. Genesis chapter 49, 29 through 33. And it says, And he charged them and said unto them, I am to be gathered unto my people. Bury me with my fathers in the cave that is in the field at Ephron, the Hittite, and in the cave that is in the field of Nechaplia. That was my best shot there, which is before Mamre in the land of Canaan, which Abraham bought with the field of Ephron, the Hittite, for possession of a burying place. There they buried Abraham and Sarah, his wife, and they buried Isaac and Rebekah, his wife, and there I bury Leah. The purchase of the field of the cave that is therein was from the children of Heth. And when Jacob had made an end of commanding his sons, he gathered up his feet unto the bed, and yielding up the ghost, and was gathered unto his people. Um, let's see here. So if I could have somebody go to Joshua chapter 24, verses 26 through 31. Andy? 
And then also, if I could have somebody go to Acts chapter 7, verses 54 through 60. Um, got Mr. Reader there. And I'll read Genesis chapter 50, verses 24 through 26. And this is Joseph looking forward to the day when God's people would leave Egypt. And Joseph said unto his brethren, I die, and God will surely visit you and bring you out of this land, which the land we, which he sware to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from hence. So Joseph died, being a hundred and ten years old, and they embalmed him, and he was put in the coffin in Egypt. So Joshua chapter 24, verses 26 through 31, talks about Joshua charged the people to be faithful to God. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God, and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak that, it was, that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us. For it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest ye deny your God. So Joshua let the people depart, every man unto his inheritance. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath Sarah which is in Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gaash. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua, and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. Then Stephen forgave those who killed him and rejoiced in meeting Christ face to face. Acts chapter 7, 54 through 60. <clears throat> when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God and said, Behold, I see the heavens open and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him and the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. So when our time is uh, over on earth, will we, be found, will we be found faithful to the Lord in this leadership in our life? Illustration. We'll go ahead and skip that for time's sake. Last sub point here. Moses, what? Are you looking back? Remember, recalled, reflected. Moses reflected. In a relatively short period of time, Moses had to bury both his older brother and his older sister. He could look back on their lives now and the relationship he had with them. There had been good times and bad times, times of blessings and times of trial. Moses also knew his own time was coming to deal with the consequences of his own sin. 
As you reflect on the lives of loved ones and friends who have preceded you in death, what are your thoughts? What do you remember most? What can you learn from their lives? Most importantly, though, what do you want others to remember about your life? May others consider our lives and remember us for our loyalty to the Lord and our consistent obedience to Him. So I uh, will, in conclusion here, as we study the lives of Aaron and Moses, we see both blessing and punishment. We see our decisions have consequences. That no one is above the law or above God's judgment. We see that family has the potential to help greatly and also to hurt deeply. May we learn from Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Uh, may we find comfort in the fact that even the best of families will, not, will encounter struggles. May we understand that God does not show favoritism and must be just in response. Um, we understand that God does not show favoritism and must be just in response to sin. And may we strive to live in faithful unity until God calls us home. All right, Pastor, would you come close us in your thoughts and also close us in prayer? So thought that stands out is you see the good and the bad in people, but you see still a working together, a care and concern for each other, and and uh, it's kind of a it's kind of a humbling lesson that somebody like Moses can fail, somebody like Aaron can fail, Miriam, all the good things that they do and have done, and yet yet fail God in things. Um, does anybody have any thoughts for we? Close in prayer. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you again for your word, for your lessons that we can look to. And um, Lord, may you help us to, to live for you today, uh, to live, live for you tomorrow and each and every day of our lives, Lord God, to, to look at these lessons and, and learn from them. And to be encouraged and uh, directed in our paths, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.